What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. As always, I'm grateful for the time that you're spending listening to this podcast. And if it's your first time, first and foremost, welcome. Secondly, this is a podcast about life being hard, but it's worth the squeeze. Go through the sun, go through the the storms in order to get to your sunshine and rainbows. And we share these stories of, of storms and sunshine just to motivate you into living your best life. We have an interesting and awesome episode for you today. Joining me right now, Vikash Patel. How you doing, man? Doing well. Appreciate the time. He is the the founder, president of Logiticus. Logisticus. Logisticus. See, I knew I would do it. <laughs> I knew I would do it. It's li- it's on your shirt, too. It, yeah. Well, it's, it's Latin. <laughs> yeah. I like it. So we're going to be talking about your journey and, and how you got to where you are. And honestly, when I, we, we've been friends on Facebook for a while. We, we've encountered each other many times. And when I see you launch things into space, I know you're doing it. <laughs> so I'd love to kind of jump into into your journey, but I guess to get things started, introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, um, Vikash Patel grew up born in London, grew up in Tennessee, went to the University of Tennessee, and started a job right after college at a trucking company. Okay. And I'm pretty sure my parents weren't thrilled that they spent a whole college education for me to go work at a trucking company, but it was uh, it was an amazing two years, two and a half years. Um, from there, I went through Norfolk Southern's management trainee program. Mm-hmm. Um, Norfolk Southern's one of the largest railroads in the U.S. And had one of those off days that decided, you know what, maybe there's something out there, and I threw my resume out. And about six months later, I get a call, which ended up being my dream job. And it was working for General Electric, running their logistics, what ended up being globally for their whole power and energy division. Nice. Yeah. That was amazing. How was that six-month like wait period, though? Did you think – because if you're like most people, you probably sent the resume, forgot about it, and then you get the phone call like, oh, wait a minute. Did you forget or were you kind of on pins and needles the whole six months? No, not at all. You know, it's one of those where, you know, I try to tell everybody you should always have your resume floating. Nice. And and you just never know what dream job that you may end up getting or you may end up missing because you don't have that resume floating. So um, I kept a resume floating there and that's pretty much when I started floating my resume and ended up getting a call, um, came in for an interview and they were like, hey, we've got this huge organization that we need to build from the ground up. We're bringing it in-house, and we're hiring about 10 people. You'd be one of the 10. Hmm. And I was like, all right, let's take this job. And surprisingly, out of the original 10, three of us are partners in the company. Nice. Yeah. All right. So you guys, you had some good mojo going on there, huh? It was great. It was great. You know, we we all started around the same time in 06, mm-hmm. 05. And we worked together until 2012. Nice. And so we knew each other really well from working together and depending on the other person doing their job. And so when we rolled over here, there was no questions about, you know, worrying about whether everyone's going to pull their weight. Yeah. We already knew. Nice. And shout out to GE for for having that, the talent awareness to hire a good team because the three of you guys linking up and then starting something on, on your own. And still continuing the success is, is awesome to see. I do want to um, ask, I want to revisit, always have your resume floating. Somebody's probably listening right now. They're comfortable in their job. They're, they're probably making good money. They're doing well. Should they have their resume floating? Even when I had what I would call my dream do- job at GE, 
I always had it floating. Yeah. Why is that? Well, you know, a dream job's a, you know what, it's, it's, what it, it's defined by the moment, right? Mm-hmm. And if another company comes through and another job opportunity comes that perhaps allows you to travel globally or gives you more control or, uh, you know, challenges you, you know, that's being, that's a dream job being redefined. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always tell people that, Especially if I hear someone complaining that I'm not too happy with my job, the first thing I ask them is, "Do you have your resume floating?" They're <laughs> like, "No." I was like, "Well, you can't you can't complain until you have that." Yeah, yeah. You need to take the action, right? You do. I love that. Anybody listening, take that to heart because I I hear a lot of people complain about their jobs or complain about their current situation, and me being just cutthroat right to the end is like, "Okay, what are you doing about it? What are the steps we're taking here? If you're not happy with your current situation, it's a result of your." past decisions change the decisions change the choices and you can change the future so you're working with ge and you decide to start something of your own what was the inception like for that it was cool you know it's uh we were running a a multi-billion dollar organization um getting to do really unique work globally but at the end of the day, GE is a engineering and manufacturing company, mm-hmm. and we are logistics guys. And we were already at what I would call the highest tier where we could get logistics-wise within GE. And I started seeing the writing on the wall that, hey, you know what? Let's see if I can take this show on the road. Yeah. Um, talked to some of the guys, and they felt the same way. And so started to do a little planning, started speaking at every, every conference I had the opportunity to speak at, um, going to every conference. And hence allowed me to meet all my peers in the market mm-hmm. who would later become our customers. Nice. And uh, it sounds as though while working at GE, you kind of realized you hit a ceiling. Was that the case? I felt like, and and I don't want to speak for all my business partners, but I felt like we had more to offer. Mm-hmm. That um, we were slightly hamstrung by you know just normal capital expenses. Hey, we want to get new software. We want to get these new ideas going in and sometimes they move and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And so um, I'd say technology was the big one that really drove us to say, Hey, you know what? We're moving at the speed of light. You know, when we started GE, I had to go into the office, answer my emails. And by the time I left, I barely had to go to the office. I had everything on my iPhone and yeah. business, the technology within businesses, I just don't think had moved, had moved as fast as the iPhone and smart, smartphone technology. And that's where we saw our big opportunity to bring tech to an industry that historically has never had a lot of tech. Yeah, and, and that's one of the biggest things I started to realize through the years. To no fault of their own, big businesses move slow. Big things move slow. They have a lot of, of paperwork to get through. They have <clears throat> a lot of logistics to worry about and, and all that. So to no fault of their own, big businesses, they tend to move a little bit slower in it, in terms of adapting. So. Kudos to you to seeing that opportunity and seeing the, the speed change and changing it, changing accordingly. What would you say was the time frame from the idea, the thought process to when you kind of gave your notice, hung up your hat and, and started something new? Say about, about two years. Okay. You know, from when it first creeped into my mind mm-hmm. to when we actually executed on, on, on our resignation and, and, and leaving, say about two years. Now that's huge because two years i mean just just talking to you you sound like a planner you you don't really sound too <laughs> impulsive with with the big decisions you make sure right yep. so two years 
what was what were you working on for those two years? What were you mulling over? What was your your day to day as you got ready to put in that letter of resignation? Say a couple things. You know, one thing that was always taught to us at, at GE was show me the data. If mm-hmm. you're going to make a decision, show me the data. And that's what we that was my job for the two years was to all right, can we acquire customers? Mm-hmm. If so, how do we acquire the customers? And if we are going to acquire customers, what kind of services are we going to give them and, and, and service them with? And how do we do it? And what would a staff like that look like and cost? And what does our overhead need to be? Yeah. And so, you know, you don't have to know all the numbers. If you can swag it plus or minus 25%, that's enough to, yeah. to give you a directional understanding of do I move forward or do I not? Yeah. And that's what that two years was spent doing. It was understanding, you know, who do we – who do we go talk to? How do we set this up? And when we do set it up, you know, what's the numbers we're looking at? You know, what's our overhead going to be? Yeah. You know, how much travel expense do we need to factor into being out there to go acquire the customers? Nice. That's thorough. <laughs> you got to be, right? Yeah. You have That's to be. It's a big leap to leave uh, a cushy corporate job and to roll out immediately with no healthcare immediately. Yeah. You know, um, no 401k, mm-hmm. limited benefits. And, you know, you could have a hundred percent of a, a company or even 50%, but until it's proven in revenueing, mm-hmm. it's not worth anything. Yeah. So you're on your own. <laughs> you are. <laughs> now, did GE know you were working on this? Um, no, I kind of just, um, and I'm sure that the writing was on the wall for them that, you know, mm-hmm. that was, it was kind of nearing where I wanted to kind of move. And, I kind of expressed I kind of wanted to jump, you know, jump to a bigger job, bigger title. And, you know, they, they kindly said, well, you know, you're in the biggest logistics work here we have here. And, yeah, you know, you'd have to move into a different arena, whether it's manufacturing, a manufacturing side or purchasing widgets and made the decision pretty quick. You know, I'm, I'm a logistics guy and I, I don't want to speak for my part, business partners, but I think that was kind of their thought as well. Yeah. So you take the jump. What are some of the challenges? That you came across, because uh, I imagine as much as thorough as you are, as much planning as you do, you know, until you jump in that water and start swimming, you're, you're still kind of just planning. So what was that first plunge like? That first plunge was, it was, it was great. That first day when you leave that job and you're excited about moving in a different direction <laughs> and starting a company, it was great. And then day two hits. <laughs> You're like, oh, I gotta get some revenue. I gotta get out to see customers. I gotta get on the phone. I gotta start emailing people, setting up meetings. Um, it was exciting. It was really exciting. I think one of the biggest challenges we had on the front end was 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 cash. Mm-hmm. That we started doing pretty well where we started locking in some business, but you know, payment terms. Yeah. Sixty, ninety, I think we're at over ninety days on average before we we spend all of our money, we execute the work, and then we hand in the, the invoice. Yeah. And it's 90 days before we get paid, but I got to pay my employees weekly, you know? Yeah. I got to pay our suppliers and anything we consumables that we buy. We got we to gotta do that on the real time. So that was probably the biggest difficulty starting up was just understanding what that cash flow needed to look like. Mm-hmm. And the better you do, the more you're spending, the more you'll get. Yeah. But it's about 60, 90 days away from you. So you have to spend it first. You have to spend it first. How'd you combat that? Did you, did you, you and your partners have startup capital? Did you raise money? Did you, get uh, you know what? We, we did, we, we went down first the traditional path of trying to talk to the banks mm-hmm. and 
the banks were like, what's your, what's your tax returns? Well, <laughs> well we just started. <laughs> it's well, day one. Tell me what you guys are thinking about. And we're like, this is what we're doing. And they're like, we'll give you $50,000. And at that time, we were, we were burning through 125, 150 a week. Wow. And we're like, that won't get me to Wednesday. So <laughs> we got to figure something else out. And and we tried multiple banks. And I understand, you know, it's we were new mm-hmm. and it was a risk for a bank. Um, and we went to talk to some of our customers and said, hey, look, we'll give you a discount if you pay in 15 days. Nice. And we were lucky enough to get enough customers to do that at the very beginning that we solved that cash flow problem by working with our customers and just being full frontal. Hey, we're doing a great job. We, we enjoy doing this, but this is uh, it's a lot of cash outlay. Yeah. Well, shout out to you guys for figuring it out as you're going along, right? It was a plug and play. There <laughs> was no solution had until we con- we possibly went through 10 different scenarios that we mm-hmm. talked about before we, we came up with the right one. Yeah. And that's, I remember we talked a while back and, and you were mentioning about how much you plan and get ready for it. How much of that plan plays out? How much of that plan, I guess, to this day, how many years in you now? Are you now? Uh, You're, uh, November of this year will be seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So seven years later, how true to, you, to your original plan are you right now? I will say that we plan to the nth degree mm-hmm. and we pivot quickly. Yeah. You know, things change. <laughs> and how quick you pivot is a is going to tell you how you whether you make money or not or whether you're successful at providing the customer what they need. And then sometimes, you know, conditions change that the customer can't help, but they're looking at you to, hey, can you roll through the punches here and roll with the punches in and, and be able to execute per what we were discussed? And the answer should always be yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can get it done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's pivot. I've got to be ready and willing to pivot quick. Yeah. That's huge. It is. Yeah. You can plan forever, but... You know, how quick you move is how you're defined. What was it? Mike Tyson that said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to bring some some connection for anybody that's probably sitting on sitting on the edge of their seat, probably thinking to themselves, I'm working this job. I have my resume floating, but I have this idea, right? They're probably sitting on this idea. What would you tell them in terms of their next step? And I know it's a vague question because you don't know what their idea is specifically, mm-hmm. but what would you tell them um, – their next step should be to turn it from an idea to an actual profitable business. You know, as I've been an entrepreneur, you know, I've had more and more people ask me a similar question, um, but more so come out of, Hey, I've got this idea. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's your idea? And they'd say, I want to make an app. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, how, how are you, how, how are you going to do it? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, you got the idea, but now, how much is the software going to cost you? You know, what's what do you think you're going to generate? What are you going to cost? You know, how are you going to cost it? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to revenue this? And what kind of profits are going to throw off? You don't have to be exact, like I said. You can swag a lot of these numbers just to understand directionally if is it a good idea or not. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a great idea to you, but once you part putting the numbers to pay, well, start putting the numbers on paper, you may find that oh wow, I need. 2 million subscribers in six months for this to be profitable. Yeah. Well, you need to know that on the front end, right? Mm-hmm. Show me the data. <laughs> Show me the data. Show me how you're going to monetize it. Yeah. So what have the last seven years been been like as, as you continue to grow, as you continue to take on new challenges? What what have, what have has this ride been like so far? It's been amazing. I've got, got four amazing business partners that we all do – 
something different and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of overlap, which makes our team the all-star team in my opinion. And we work really well together and, and really getting to get to ride this ride with them has been, has been a ton of fun. Yeah. And knowing that you've got someone to lean on has been, has been instrumental in our growth. Yeah. Um, but as we continue to grow, um, you know, it's, you're constantly being challenged with, you know, a ceiling above your head, you know, whether it's people, whether it's customers, whether it's sales, that we're constantly trying to remove any barriers and mm-hmm. we want unimpeded growth. And to do that, you know, you've had to, from a leadership standpoint, start focusing our time on how do we build and, you know, and, and grow quickly. Yeah. And, and what's that take? So, you know, sometimes you have to hire the employees before the business comes in. You know, you hire them, you win that contract, and then you try to hire everybody, you're already behind the gun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when's the right time to hire people? And what is that type of, uh, what's that exact job role that needs to be hired? Yeah, kind of realizing where, where the holes need to be filled in before the water starts to leak, right? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that when we started, I was spending 90% of my time doing logistics-related work, and I'd say now it's maybe... 50% of my time and the mm-hmm. other 50% is thinking about growth, dealing with the banks to ensure we have the ability to grow mm-hmm. and then spending a lot of time with customers and making sure that, you know, we're, we're making sure we're doing our business well, but is there anything else on the table that potentially we could be servicing for them? Yeah. And you talk about continuing the growth, right? Um, I always ask this question in, in some, some sense, what have you and your business partners as a company overcome that gives you confidence into the future obstacles that whatever, when you look back and you're like, Hey, we, we got through that. We can get through anything else. Yeah. You know, does anything stick out? Yeah. It's like, you know, how do you ride the good years and then how do you ride the bad years? Mm-hmm. And, and do you still have as much, you know, excitement and are you using as much thought and process to execute on the, the slow years as well as the, the high years? And are you able to scale your business up to take advantage of everything that's on the table that, that good year? Yeah. And how are you planning for a potential bad year? Yeah. And we use, we always use this, uh, this number. We call it our lifeline. So look at everything that's in the bank. Mm-hmm. Look at what is receivable is owed to you. And you take that sum and then you take your overhead and assume that you're not going to get any more money from this day forward. How long could you could your business run with no revenue coming in? Yeah. And we look at that number, and and you know ideally you want to see it out in plus a year, plus two years, plus three years. Wow. But it takes time, right? Yeah. And I remember we were always skirting the first couple of years that about three four months, guys. That's that's it. <laughs> that's but, all we got. But you know we had projects coming in and we were growing. But it's always good to kind of know if catastrophe hits and we keep all of our headcount the same cost and all of our overhead, then how long can our business you know, continue to move forward yeah. with how much we have? How long can you weather the storm? That's it. Kinda, you know, putting the no rain, no rainbow spin on it, right? That is it. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the finer things about owning your own company and, and kind of going out. Since you've gotten into Logisticus, what has been some of the the finer things, the rainbows you've enjoyed along the way? You know what is we've been able to to grow and, and see the company grow and watch our staff grow. I've really enjoyed watching our, our staff mature. You know, we big believer of creating an environment where people want to be there. Mm-hmm. They feel like there's upward movement. They get well 
ben- get great benefits and get well monetized, but they're bought in. Yeah. And when you watch an employee that just won a new contract get excited or someone that just executed on a job and it went flawless to get excited, that makes me excited. Yeah. You know, you got you know you got the right team around you then. Yeah, seeing the fruits kind of come out of the tree, you're like, "Ah, I did that." Yeah, and everybody's <laughs> enjoying it, right? Yeah. That's wonderful. So what's what's next for you guys? What are you what are you working on and and what are the the rainbows you're chasing now? Continued growth. You know, we've uh we're in an energy market. We're primarily energy and oil and gas, um transporting cargo from point A to point B, whether it's vessel, rail, truck, um doing a lot of warehousing and you know what, we're really starting to hit our stride that, you know, certain customers are finding that, you know, we can really open up our book of business to these guys because they're doing a whole lot more different services. Mm-hmm. So continuing to grow those services, you know, I, I want this at a half a billion in the next five years. Nice. And, you know, we're on path to to get there if we continue the growth trajectory that we're going to be at and that we're currently at. And it's exciting getting to do that, you know, again, with business partners, but and with a staff that really cares yeah that's awesome yeah right so who is your ideal customer um you're a ticker symbol meaning that the banks are happy yeah that you're not you have, don't have to worry about that and you're in the energy industry mm-hmm. you know it's a long lead industry so from when you talk to the customer hear about the idea to when you're actually executing it could be nine twelve months yeah so it gives you a lot of time to plan and that's where our strength is right you always play to your strengths mm-hmm. our strength is planning and executing on that plan and pivoting when, when you need to. But, you know, I think that's our, you know, our ideal customer is it's in the energy world mm-hmm. and oil and gas when it does finally come back. Yeah. I love that. You mentioned play to your strengths. A lot of people probably like their ears perk up because I mean, Hey, growing up, they always say, Hey, work on your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. So if you're, if you're playing to your strengths, what do you do about your weaknesses? Well, if you play to your strengths and you're executing immediately, right. Mm-hmm. And when you're working on your weaknesses, you're trying to grow your strengths. Yeah. And and put more tools in the toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, use the tools that you got. Don't try to don't try to use a screwdriver when you need a hammer. Yeah, exactly. Vakasha, <laughs> <laughs> where can 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 folks find you, find your business, and, and get in touch with you? Yeah, um, logisticsgroup dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our page on YouTube that has tons of videos. So if you look up Logisticus Group, you'll see the types of work that we do and. Um, you can find me, Vakash Patel at logisticsgroup.com. I, I really enjoy, enjoy talking to entrepreneurs, people that are trying to move forward. Um, I had some amazing mentors that put me where I am today. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm, I'm always glad to, you know, to help whoever, whoever needs some help or needs some advice or just wants to bounce some ideas. Yeah. And I just got one more question because it's a selfish question. Cause like I mentioned, I saw you shooting a satellite into space. So what is, I guess the one thing that sticks out for you that you've moved that, that you remember, like your proudest project, if you would. Yeah, that SpaceX move was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It was absolutely awesome. But I'd say, um, I'd say, I don't know. We moved so much big, big cargo. Each one's so unique. Uh, Mm -hmm. we had a project in New York that was really unique that we loaded up, uh, some steam turbines, I believe, and some, I don't forget what else it was, but yeah. we had to bring it in, put it, go down the wrong side on the road, I mean, <laughs> police on the front end, on the back end. And then we had to build this whole pad where we had to bring this crane that had 2,000 ton capacity to lift the product and then 
roll it over, but it got lifted up and put it onto a barge. Oh, wow. And then the barge went to the port, and then from the port, it was loaded to a vessel to go overseas to Europe. Wow. <laughs> that was really cool to watch. That took nine months to plan and roughly two days to execute. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you plan it for nine months, 48 hours, it's done. Done. All right. Well, Vakash, thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, um, anybody that made it to the end of the episode, I hope you got a lot of value from this. There's so much to take away, first and foremost. I love what he said. Show me the data. If you have an idea, if you have something you're working on, make sure you run the numbers. And you said you can swing it 20, 25%. You're fine. You just need to be directionally correct. Directionally correct. Have a plan. Go in the right direction. And uh, go ahead. Bet on yourself and, and start that. And don't forget to pivot along the way. Do What does uh, Peyton Manning say? Omaha. Omaha. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Vakash, thank you once again. Thanks for being here. So glad. I'm going to have to have you back, maybe cover a different topic. No, grab my partners. We'll all get on the, we'll all get on the mic with you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a good, good time. And for anybody that's out there going through the hard times, just remember, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. 